0: Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hello, and uh, good morning. I am here again without Brandy, um, but I have a super, super duper special guest today. Um, This is Tina. This is Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Um, But instead of Brandy today, I have a really special guest, one of my very long-term clients, and I am not going to butcher your last name, Aaron. What is, how do you yeah. pronounce, how is it? Perazio. Perazio, because I always say P. Orazio? I think I want to put like 20 different, <laughs> I want to yep. put so <laughs> many syllables in your name. Um Erin P. Um Erin has been uh, coaching with me since 2019, Um competed in her first show in 2020. She survived the pandemic and got on stage. Uh Just recently competed again in, uh, nope. Yep. October. October. Yeah, that was October. I was like, wait, what month are we in? October of 2023. Uh, and I really want, she has a really sort of cool and interesting story to share that I think will resonate with a lot of people um, or, you know, at least the three people that listen to the podcast, maybe the other two people <laughs> will, it will resonate with. Um, but I really want, I think it's a really interesting sh- story. And I think, uh I, you know, I'm just I was really excited to a- asking her to share it because it's different, right? I think. Um, and it's actually something I I really want more women to to be able to experience. And so I'm just I'm really excited for you to share your story. So, Erin, we have this list of questions. And as everybody knows, we don't really we try not to stick to a lot of scripts here, but what brought you to me back in June of 2019. How did we get here?
1: Oh my gosh. If if the listeners could see my face right now, I'm just like smiling so big because it's funny to me looking back at 2019 where I was and actually like laughing about it now and sharing it and being like so lighthearted with it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I never thought I was going to be at this point in doing that, you know, when you're in a low spot, you kind of tend to think you're always going to be in that low spot Mm -hmm. and never get over certain things, but boy, have I plowed through that. Um, so there was a culmination of things back then that had me in that negative, just like a, a, like I said, a low, a low space. And, um, I was living with my parents cause I had just moved back to the Western shore from Salisbury. Um, I started a new job as a counselor, not in, in a middle school. Um, I was, you know, reconnecting with friends and getting out of, uh, you know, toxic relationships from the Eastern shore. Um, so there was a lot of things that I was like in my, you know, I don't know, I guess early thirties. And I was like, Oh, great. Living with my parents great starting a new job starting all this new stuff and i i just wasn't where i wanted to be right so i think the the straw that broke the camel's back was i had gone through a breakup and what was kind of shitty about it was that i worked in the same like place as the the ex which happened to be a gym um i was supplementing my income because again I was living with my parents, didn't want to love them, but I didn't want to. And I was trying to save a bunch of money. And I was like, let me, let me look for another job. So I I got a job at a gym and I loved that job so much. It was like a joy to have. And I learned so much there, but unfortunately I wound up with a coworker. And then when we broke up, I just saw this place as a negative, like place you know, and I was scared to go. I didn't want to go. I was crying all the time. I was mad at myself. And then that's when like those negative intrusive thoughts start happening. Like, why am I so like unlovable? Why doesn't, why don't people like me? You know, that kind of thing. And I could not save myself from it. Like, I just couldn't stop it. And then the more I was thinking it, the more I was just like, oh, I don't want to go to this place. I don't even want to work out anymore because I don't want to see him. I don't want to like talk about it. Um, And I was just so sad. Like, I just remember I I recorded myself some of the time, like as a journal thing, like I recorded myself Mm -hmm. and how I was feeling. And I was like listening back at that before this podcast. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to hug you. (laughs) I was such like in just a negative sad state and I really didn't know how to get out of it. Like I was in a hole and I was like, okay, what do I do? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, after a few weeks, months, um, I was like talking to some people at the gym and the, the, the word competitor came out, like bikini competitor, And it was floating around and I was like, okay, what is this? So of course I start like looking on Instagram, like uh, following people. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, could I do this? I don't know. I don't know if I could. And again, the gym was still new to me. Like I was an athlete my entire life. Um, Sports were definitely my thing, but the weight room never was. I never was into that. So I was like, I don't think I could do this. I I really don't. But hey, why not? So my other coworker uh, introduced me to to Tina and said, you know, I worked with her. She's great. Da 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 da. You know. And then I started made some calls, and then we kind of started connecting. And then I decided, I'm like, let's do this, okay. Um, but I will say, my why back then was not in a good alignment of why you should compete in the first place. So looking back, what was that? So, yeah. And, you know, I wanted to, to be, to do something cool. So that was one thing, like I did want to do something like out of the box that nobody else was doing. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. But I know a small part at that point was kind of like a revenge kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, to this, this, X. I was like, you know, I can, I'm gonna get in the best shape ever and I'm gonna show you that I am beautiful and I can do this and I look good and all this stuff. Um the revenge body. Yeah, kind yeah, that's yeah.
0: exactly what it was. It's a whole thing. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> I, I mean, a little bit it's good to do because it, you know, it got me in the gym, it got mm-hmm. me eating better and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like I knew that wasn't going to be the sole reason why I was competing, but I will admit that it was a chunk of my why at that point. Um, So when I started with you, Tina, like, (laughs) again, I was not anywhere near I am today. And I it was all new. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, okay, I have a coach now and she's going to tell me what to do. And I'm magically, I'm just going to have a great body and eat well and place first place you know get first place on a stage and well some of those
0: things did happen
1: eventually yeah eventually eventually. (laughs) some of those
0: things did happen eventually but as I recall in the beginning I remember so I actually I I you know I because I'm a um I'm an information hoarder, so I don't ever like as long as a client is with me. And heck, I pro- I have I have client files on clients I haven't had in in fifteen years. I keep everything right electronically, of course, so I don't have everything in paper files. But I have all those or, those original check ins from you, and like I feel like I like I should even like share some like with you know it's it, somehow with the podcast or whatever because, yes. like, you're you were so sad and. And in my, my terms, so broken and like your check-ins were just that, yeah, it was that sad, broken Aaron. Um, so I really just desperately wanted this for you so that you could feel better, right? Like I wanted you to feel stronger. I wanted, like I knew every time you went into the, you know, the gym, like it was just, everything was just so toxic. Right. And I I could just feel those in your check-ins. And then of course, you know, kind of tracking macros, I think was new to you. And you were just, bless your heart, just a track in a way. And <laughs> and even though, you know, like logs looked fine and your check-in was like, I did great. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what your version of doing great is, but I don't know what's happening here. Like your your weight wasn't really doing what we based on like nothing matched up, right? Like, so if I get into my like <laughs> Tina loves data right, I'm just like Okay, like yeah, this isn't mapping up. Like something's happening, right? So, so we kind of fast forward, you know, a little bit. Kind of like you know, you were you were tracking, and I think you were doing what you you thought you were supposed to do. But I remember it wasn't until we actually, I was like, Aaron we're going to try a meal plan. Right. And you know, I hate meal plans. Everybody knows I hate meal plans, but my meal plan was different than like, we're not talking about bro diet meal plan. I was like, Aaron, what do you like to eat? I basically just, she, you're like, oh, I like Italian and oh, I like these flavors or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So like we came up with like this, like zucchini spaghetti option for like one of your meals. Like we had, you know, you had lots of variety and it was wonderful. But I think, and and so I want you to share a little bit, you can kind of put your your spin on it. But as I understand it, from my perspective, it was going through that process of like having to like, the, I said because I told you, I said, if we're gonna do a meal plan, you have to do it exactly as it is. Like there are no deviations, because otherwise, we're gonna have no idea what's happening. And you did. And you did it for weeks and weeks and weeks. We changed the meal plan a couple of times, weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And then we started seeing progress. And I was like, Aha, see, I knew the data wasn't adding up, like weights coming off, like everything is changing. But what happened for you in that experience? Because what was happening with the macros beforehand? And then what happened after you actually saw, like, okay, this is what I was supposed to do.
1: So when I was thinking about it, I did not take it seriously. Like that, that's that that's my answer. I was like um thinking that it was just a magic. Thing. Like, oh, well, if I just track things or if I go to the gym and push maybe a little harder than I would, you know, it was very like super neutral and I wasn't trying, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I would log things, but then I would do the, well, I'll just put a, an extra scoop in there. Like nobody's going to know, like, or, oh yeah, I'll just maybe not do the squats today and I'll do everything else she gave me. And And I knew that that was, that's not me. That's not me as a person anyway. So when I was in that first part of prep, like the first year or so, um, again, I was still in a a very negative low spot. So that just didn't magically go away. I was still very, I I don't want to say the word depressed, but I was very just sad. And I was kind of just bringing that through this process at the beginning. And that was not good. So then when COVID hit, it was around March and April when really things started going south, not obviously in the world, but like for me, because-
0: But also in the world. Also in the world. Also <laughs> in the
1: world. Um, because, you know, at that point, everything was shut down, couldn't go to the gym, you know, and when you're home all, all day long, you know, you can kind of graze and eat. And if things are there, you kind of just- you're stressed, um, you know, I'm I'm an educator, I'm a, a school counselor. So I was very stressed during that time for the kids. So like, eating was how I coped. And, you know, uh, it was still cold out. So going outside taking a walk was was kind of not that great. Um, so my movement was low. And just like, I think everybody's state of mind then was just low. So that's when my weight started going up. And I was like, oh my gosh, Tina said that my first show could be at the end of August. I think it was the OCB um presidential cup or something. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, like that's soon. Like if you think about it, that's soon. What the hell's going on? And then kind of she put two and two together. She's like, okay, you have to be eating things that you're not logging. And what the heck's going on?
0: Because I think you were you were supposed to be eating like. 2,000 some odd calories a day or something like, or 1,800. And it was something yeah. high because we were still in the very average. and your logs were coming in like 14, 1,500 calories and your weight's going up. And I was like, this is not how it yeah. works.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. So after the, the bro plan, we got, uh, we got going, it was probably, yeah. Once I started seeing results, that's when I was like, oh my gosh this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I was supposed to be doing all along. And I was kind of mad at myself being like, well, Aaron, if you would have just done this in December, January, we wouldn't be like kind of hurrying up the weight loss here to get you prepped for like the late summer, early fall shows. So it just literally clicked for me. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever this lady tells me to do. (laughs) And I'm not going to deviate from it. Like you are showing that you're progressing at this point, like we're going with it. So I was on the, I think I was on the bro print plan pretty much the rest of the prep until my show. Um And I didn't complain about it because I, that was, it was like my little safe space. It was like, okay, here's what I had to do. And I did it Right. Um, then the gym started opening back up. I was able to go and I, it was nice because I went to another gym cause I had moved and I bought a house. So that was, that was awesome. But, um, so I started at a new gym. It was kind of like a new, just a new environment for me, really? which I really needed. So got my groove going in there. Not a lot of people were going to the gym at that point. So I, I felt safer there and I could kind of, you know, work the kinks out and actually like hone in on what she was giving me as far as training. Um, but I did kick myself. Cause I was like, Aaron, if you would have done this earlier, we would be so much better than we were now. So, um,
0: but also everything was shut down and there were no shows. So
1: right.
0: timing wise, It ended up all working out because we couldn't have done an earlier show if we wanted to, right? We could have just ended up as like so many of other clients that God bless everybody who hung on during 2020. Yeah. But I, you know, I, well, I'm a firm believer that everything happens the way it's supposed to anyway. I
1: agree. The lessons that you
0: had to learn in all of that, I think. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that we're clear, it was not a bro plan. (laughs) So I was not making Erin eat uh, tilapia and asparagus oh, five God, times no. a day. So she got, like I said, it was like spaghetti, our version of spaghetti, right? Or like like the Asian salad, salads like taco stuff, salads. Yeah. And it was like, it was very, lots of flavors, lots of variety, um, but it was a meal plan. And, but, you know, it helped you kind of uh, narrow focus on like, and safe space. I love that you use that. Because I, I tried to, you know, the, the little lesson learned in all of that. And I think what helped you see one is when you're actually tracking the, you know, the actual amounts and not just like, well, here's a hundred grams of grapes and then let me pop the other 20 in my mouth. Yes. Right. Like, yes. like I was like, oh, I'm only supposed to have a hundred. So let me weigh a hundred grams and then I'll put the other hundred grams in my mouth. And now I've got 200 grams because that's what happens. Right. Yeah oh, this one ounce of nuts was actually an ounce and a half. Let me eat the half ounce and I'll log the one ounce, right? Like, right. so yeah. So your body logs it whether you're putting it in my fitness MyFitnessPal or yes. not. But I think that whole, the meal plan specifically, whether I make it for you, I just made it easy for you because I was like, what do you want to eat? And I just put the plan together. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell clients all the time, like stop giving yourself decision fatigue and trying to figure it out as you go along because it's never going to fucking work. Make a meal plan. Eat the same shit every day. Right there, we had lots of variety, but eat the same stuff every day and make it simple for yourself. We are far too busy as human beings to be trying to figure out what we're eating for every meal of the day. That's the benefit of a meal plan, right? In particular, the consistency. But you had a very yummy meal plan, in my opinion. I did. I did. <laughs> in my, I, did. I just want to be clear that I'm not I giving anybody a bro plan, although I have used them before to teach people a lesson in quotation marks, right? People who are just like, I can't, and it's too hard. And I'm like, all right, we'll do it, right? You want to eat chicken five times a day? Let's eat chicken five times a day. Let me know how that works out for you. (laughs) Anyway, so you were back in the gym, you bought a house, everything was clicking.
1: Yeah, everything was clicking. And then um, the whole process of that 2020 prep was just really, really cool for me because- that group of girls that we we did that uh, Chesapeake Classic show with, there was a bunch of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and it was remember, the only
0: freaking show yeah. happening. It was in October, right? It was so in October. God yep. bless Bobby Cavino. Yes. Thank you. Shout I know out to Bobby. Bobby, and look, and not not a shout out to everybody else, but we're all, it was literally like everybody, I had so many clients in a holding pattern. I had clients that were supposed to compete in March and their show was canceled, you know, two weeks before it happened and they hung on like everybody that hung on in 2020 was like we we're literally I kept everybody within about six to eight weeks of what mm-hmm. a stage weight would be. And as soon as a show got scheduled, we pulled the trigger, like, all right, yep. we're all doing this. So thank yeah. you, Bobby, for putting on that amazing show in the yes. hotel. And Bobby hates hotel shows. But I thought it was a really, really fantastic show. And yes, I, we, had a, we had a great team of, of people compete. That I way.
1: agree. I, I feel like that show was by far my favorite one. I, yeah. I love that one. And I compared all the other ones that I did to that one. Um, but I think the whole process because it was new and it was exciting. I was like, this is great. And then I remember doing a zoom call with you and all the other girls and how like excited we all were to, to do it. And we were Mm -hmm. ready to do it. And I think the energy of everybody was great. Um, And that really motivated me too. I was like, you know, these girls are doing exactly what I'm doing. Like, this is awesome that we're, we did this during a pandemic, not Mm -hmm. only and." with all the other shit going on like in everybody's lives like this is just truly amazing to do so i was on cloud 9 and at that point i was i i never thought i would place i never wanted like i know people want to do well like i want to get first place or i want a pro card but honestly back then i just wanted to get up on the stage and just be like this is what i did you know so I think that mindset was also very healthy and good because I didn't care what the person next to me looked like, or if she had bigger shoulders than I did, or if her glutes were more developed than mine. Like I just was like, I'm proud of myself at this point. I worked hard, you know, granted it took me a little bit, but once it clicked for me, I was like, this is cool. Like, I really like this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that show and then I, I did well in there, surprisingly for how small I was, because I was very lean, very, very lean and I'm tall. So it made it look way more thin than, than, you know, a a shorter person. Um, and I didn't gain as much muscle as I wanted, obviously, because I didn't take it seriously at the beginning. Like I, I kicked myself because I didn't. But at the same time, like you said, Tina, like everything happened for a reason. And, after coming off the stage, you know, we set up another, uh, show. I, it was December, early December. Mm-hmm. So I had a month of, of the same thing. And I, again, I worked hard. I did followed everything exactly. Um,
0: and I do believe in between shows, you came off, you started to expand upon your meal plan. I think that is actually when you were like, started to kind of like mix your own foods and stuff yes. in there and stop. Yes. You're like, oh, okay, I got this, right? We're going from October to December. Yeah. And so you had time to play around a little bit in there. And to, to also reiterate, you said you did very well. You placed first in your class. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, you're open class <laughs> and you open class. The, and, the, and you can shoot your own horn, Erin, because you deserve it. So, you know, you kind of downplayed. You're like, oh, I'm tall and I was thin and I was lean. And you placed first in your class. Okay, and it was a competitive class.
1: It was. It really so was. it was.
0: So so yes. I will toot your horn if you will not toot your horn. Okay,
1: that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um and then going into that December show, it was kind of I was still on like a high from from the October show. So um this time I was like that I took that month and I was like, I'm gonna try to do whatever I can to put a little bit more muscle on. And I was like, I know I can't do it what I want to do, but you know, I'm gonna still follow exactly what Tina is telling me to do, and I'm gonna do better than I did in the October show. So that show I was terrible um, for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but um I think I placed the same. In that show, like I I got first place in my class and then I got second place in something else. I can't even remember. Um, yeah, that was wonky. Yeah. So, but the environment of that show was not Bobby Covino level. At no, all. it was not. It was not and, the same backstage environment. Right. And we traveled for that. We actually flew down yep. to North line for that. So it, there was a lot of extra things that I, you know, it was kind of like we had, a, I had a cooler and I you know packed it it was just crazy all the stress from just getting to the show yeah and in the show itself but um i did well cuz kind of disappointed in the placings then I, I i will say that um but i wasn't mad at myself or anything like that it was uh, it was i looked good i felt like um and then it, you know that was my last show of that season so when i tell this story it like This is exactly how it happened. I walked off the stage and I went into the back room to get the pictures. And as I was walking off the stage into that room, I was like, okay, Aaron, this is what you're going to do for the next time. I want to put on muscle. I want to work hard and I want to be better than I was right now. Mm -hmm. And I will. T- I should have gotten that tattooed on my arm because that is literally the mantra that I have said to myself for the past three and a half years, four mm-hmm. years, whatever. And that is where that little mantra is why I'm the person I am right now. Because I look at myself back in 2020, still, still a little broken. Then mm-hmm. definitely better than what I was in in 2019, but still not not who I am right now. And I was like, you are going to get your mind right. You're going to get your, your body right. You're going to do what Tina says. And you're going to learn a lot this Mm -hmm. time. You're not going to just say, Tina, give me stuff. (laughs) I want to, I also want to, you know, to tell the listeners that are competitors, especially like following Tina. Yeah, definitely do that for sure. But also ask her questions. Like, Why am I doing box squats instead of regular squats? Mm -hmm. Why am I doing 12 reps of this instead of seven or whatever, eight? Mm -hmm. Or why am I eating a carb heavy load at this time instead of this time? So you learn what the process is and like learn.
0: Invest in your your own education because this process is yours. This is not... And, and as you know, like throughout this whole process, it's, it's 100% been a partnership between the two of us, right? Yes. Because not only do you ask questions to get clarification, you ask questions. So you understand, and you sometimes go, I don't really like that. I don't want to do, I, like, I don't, you know, I don't love, I didn't love this training program. Can we do something different? Right. Perfect. And then, you know, and then because we've worked together for so long, Right now, we it really is very much a give and take. Right, it's it's like I'm here for the guidance, but you have invested so much in your own learning and your own growth through this. Yes, that's what's made us, in my opinion, such a successful team working together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I'm not a dictator, nor do I want to be. Like, I want clients to ask questions. I'm like literally. Please Send ask. me questions. Please ask me questions. Right. Like, because, you know, if I don't get any responses back after check ins and stuff and I'm like, OK, well, I guess we're just doing what I yeah. ask people to do. Right. But um, and also you are such a shining example of why we call it an improvement season or a growth season and not a bulk, a bulk or a off mm-hmm. season. Cause there was no time taken off. I can promise no, you that Not, not at all. Um, there you, and you did improve, right. And you did grow and it wasn't just your glutes, right? Like we were not just improving your muscles. So can you speak a little bit to like, I know it's, it's been a long three years, but you have changed like so much, right? Like you, I mean, I'll let you kind of get into the details, but like you went vegan, and you know you really got into uh, working on the mind body stuff because, as everybody knows, I'm a huge uh, proponent of that kind of work, and so and sort of make all my clients do something. Like I don't care what it is, but you got to do something.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, what was all of that like for you? And, and well,
1: sort of- so So, well, let's start with the vegan part. I was I was actually vegan before I met Tina. So, but I was not. It was not good. You were um, a crap. You
0: were a crappy vegan. <laughs> I was
1: a crappy vegan because I just thought, oh, I can eat a couple carrot sticks or some celery and an apple here and there. And I was under eating for sure. I didn't understand that that uh I don't want to say diet, but yeah, diet. Um so I but I liked it though. I really was I was I wanted to learn more about it. So mm-hmm. I was just getting started with it. And then after um, we got into the prep. I was kind of like, all right, I'm just going to go back to eating meat and you know, like the chicken and fish and stuff because that's what I've known. I'm, you know, and I don't, I don't want to mess this up for myself. So I was just going to follow whatever Tina said and then eat, you know, whatever. Um, but then I remember distinctly after my, the December show, I made my crock pot shredded buffalo chicken because that's what I ate during prep. Um, mm-hmm. so, so for those of you that know what reversing is, you eat the same thing, just a little bit more. Right. So for the, I'm
0: sorry. And also to clarify, for those of you who actually bothered to follow your reverse program, that is how it's supposed to be done. That's how
1: it's supposed to be. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to whatever to you want. Right. Um, so, um, I had, the, I had the chicken and I had my rice and I sat down and I put a, a bite of it in my mouth and my body literally rejected it. They're like, nope you are not, we're not doing this. So at that point, I never, I haven't had meat since. So I made a decision because I love myself and I trust myself. And I was like, we're not going to just fall back into old patterns or old things. Like just because you've known chicken your whole life doesn't mean that you have to have chicken, you know, like eat things that your body wants to eat. So did a lot of research this time, and I was like, "Okay, what can I eat that, as a vegan, that I can grow and you know, still you know be healthy and all the things? So, um, I started going on the right way with it. So then I was eating more, like tofu is my favorite. I love tofu. um, and just started eating more fruits and vegetables. And I think, honestly, that right there was the biggest change with my mind, too. not eating junk. Not eating chemical-ridden, riddled like dyes and weird name stuff, and what do you? Eat? Tina calls them Franken foods. The Franken foods, yes. but yes, that's like I cleared my my like diet of all of that crap. And if you're vegan, because I know I have more vegan teammates now, the stuff that's vegan in the grocery store is not healthy, like. You will never catch me eating a Beyond Burger or thank
0: you, baby, any Jesus. of that
1: stuff, Erin.
0: Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for being a vegan. That's not like I'm like oh my god, like you would you should rather eat
1: a hamburger than that yeah. shit. Yes, and it it just makes me so mad that like people think that's healthy and it's not at all no. <laughs> like at all. So um, I I eat a and I I hate saying the word clean, but I I eat, you know foods from the earth, bananas, oranges, apples, things that, that had no label on them. That's where I was starting to, to, to really ramp up. And because I was ridding my body of all the, the chemicals and not eating all that like shit food, my mind was clear. Like I literally could feel it. Like anxiety was like calming down. I felt more at peace and, I mean, as a mental health professional, I try to like tell my students things to do, you know, like eat a really healthy breakfast. Okay. Let's take some breaths. Let's journal, let's meditate and all the things. And, but I was never following what I would tell them. Um, So finally I was like, okay, why don't I journal? Why don't I start journaling? You know, what's the harm? So at night I started just writing down, not, not even scripted, like no questions or anything, just how I was feeling, what my day looked like, what made me upset, why did it make me upset? And the more I started doing it, it was just like anything else with the prep, like it became a habit. So I was journaling at night and I was uncovering so many things that I had buried um, from years ago, from childhood things, that I was like, oh my gosh, that makes sense now. Like, that's why I do this, or that's why I react this way. Um, so I was uncovering all this stuff. And then from journaling, I went into kind of like, okay, I want to do more with this. So I, I took a lot of the things that I journaled about and I sat with those things. And when I say sat with them, I mean I, I'm talking like meditation things. So um I took space without my phone, without a computer, without any distractions. And I just sat with the feelings and crying definitely happened. Anger came out and, but it needed to. Mm -hmm. And once it did, and once I processed those feelings that I've buried for so long, and once I let them come out and feel them and process them, man, you feel so good. Like you really do feel, and you feel like you can take over the world because you're just like, wow, I'm I'm seeing so much clearer now. Um, Well, would you release the, the, the gunk,
0: right? Yeah. Like when you just, cause the shit just weighs us down and everybody is so, you know, I'm a huge proponent for mental health for, for, for client, for everybody. Right. It's a big yeah. part of who I am as a coach, but it, I see it all the time. And the more you suppress, the more you, and, and the, you know, the the red flags are got to stay busy. Can't ever sit down. Always got to have some kind of stimulus. Let me do, I got to, I got to work out seven days a week and then I'm running and then I got to do all these things. I just have to stay busy. So nobody will sit because if you sit, then you have to feel, and we have all this shit we don't want to feel and feeling is hard, Right. It is. It's really fucking hard. Right. There's a lot of, you know, traumas and just like all of our negative thoughts and like all those things. Nobody wants to feel that. So we numb it with food and we numb it with alcohol and we numb it with busy and all the things. But the absolute only way to get out of that headspace is through. Yeah. Period. Like Mm -hmm. there is no, I'm just going to bury it down deep until I die. I mean, you can, you're probably going to die a lot sooner and you're also going to be miserable in the process. Right. But the only way to free yourself from it is to, I say, marinate in it, sit with it. Like you just have to feel this horrible shit. But once you do, it's gone. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and then it doesn't have power over you anymore. Right. You let it out. You lighten your load. And then you have so much more space for joy and, you know, and growth and all of these other things. Otherwise you're just, yeah, it's just gunk, right? Like it's yeah. like, it's like the gunk in the food you were eating. It's just like, it's the, it's the gunk you're feeding yourself all the time. And so you're going to feel gunky. You're going to feel yeah. shitty. Yeah. 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 I love, I thank you. I thank you. I didn't want to interrupt, but it's just like, it's so, it's
1: so huge for right. for people to hear right. that. And so I, you know, sitting with that stuff, yeah, it was hard, but, you know, totally worth it. Totally worth it. And now what I really like is that I made myself do it enough where it's a habit. So I wake up a little bit earlier now because I want to have that 10 to 15 minutes of peace before I start my day. And if for some odd reason it doesn't happen, like I will make time 10 minutes 10 minutes of a day is nothing that i will sit and just not have any distractions and just not like you said be busy and oh i got to clean the stove and i got to unpack this and i got to buy this and i have to you know just let it go and sit and um i think that has helped me so much and the really cool thing is um I work in a high school now as a counselor. So I have a new office and I remember telling Tina, I was like, I was so excited about this office because I wanted to have a little corner where I could meditate too, because being a school, a high school counselor, it's a lot and you get a lot of negativity, a lot of emotion. And I'm good. I need to be able to, um, work and do a good job, um, for the students and for my staff and if I'm not in a good place they're not going to be in a good place mm-hmm. so i my, a lot of my kids are like miss p you always smile and you're always so calm and i'm like well yeah because i take time for myself and i don't let extra things outside of my own self like interfere with how i'm performing at work or interacting with with you guys so I have a meditated med- meditation corner in my office, and my students use it. And I'm like, this is my this is why I'm doing all this for them too. So I'm teaching them that they can get to that point of really loving themselves, trusting themselves, and getting all that ick out too. Mm-hmm. So um it's just it's been just a full circle and I love it. I just I'm blown away by. <laughs> the the progress that i've made over this time it's amazing
0: because you were willing to do the hard stuff right yeah. like not just the hard stuff of competing's hard
1: yes right like
0: nobody gets on stage and it's not fucking hard right but do you think that the process that going through that hard process helped you see that you can do other hard things you're like hey if i could do this and do it during a pandemic and x y and z I can now tackle other hard things, right? So it's yeah. these building blocks of like, ev- it's resilience, right? That's how we build oh, resilience. Yeah. Like you do one yeah. hard thing, you're like, okay, I did that hard thing. So I can do this other hard thing and I can do yeah. this. Other-. And then the more hard things you do, the harder things you can do. Yeah, And now you're able to open that up and share it with, so many other people, right. Right. Which I, with your kids, I mean, I think that is just like, it's, it's so, so huge. And I just, I love you for that. I just, I love that you've been able to make that transition yourself and then share it with the world because that's the point. Yeah. We can't be healthy if we're not healthy for ourselves we are absolutely so this is the point i try to get every woman i know yeah. every woman i work with everybody i run into i don't care if you're behind me in the line at the grocery store every woman everybody needs to understand that putting yourself first focusing on yourself is not a self a selfish act it is the only way you can be okay for everything else in your life right you're yes. never going to be your best for anybody else so stop playing the fucking martyr i'm just yes. real tired of that like like nope yep society put this on us okay society sucks the patriarchy sucks this is where we are pull your big girl panties on and take control of your life and stop yeah. blaming it on societal norms or whatever the fuck is going on right Like, you've yeah. absolutely got to take care of yourself five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, an hour in the gym, whatever it is, right? Absolutely has to be done.
1: No. And that's a, such a great point because yeah, I'm just sick of the people that are like, I'm going to, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Cause I got to do that. I'm like, sleep is important. What are you mm-hmm. like? What are you doing? You're a human being. Like you need seven to eight hours. If that, you know, like Come on now, like nobody's giving you a trophy for plowing through a day and not getting any sleep, nope. <laughs> um, and you know just drinking caffeine to get through a day. We're not doing that. Um, so yeah, I I think that's so important, and I'm trying to in a school that's definitely hard with the the teachers because they are moms, and you know they're working their ass off at school. And they're running on a monster energy, energy, energy drink. And I'm just trying to teach them. That's not the way we're not doing that. Like, yeah. please. So and ask me for help. If you need help, please ask. You're not, I'm not going to talk shit about you behind your back. Like, Oh, Miss Thompson can't handle this. Cause she, no, we we're all, we're all working together here and there's no yeah. manual for life. So everyone's doing the best they can. And, you know, you just have to remember, though, that, yeah, you're a human being. You need sleep. you need good food. You know, you need joy, laughter, gratitude. And, yeah, like it's as simple as that. It's really that simple
0: <laughs> it's 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 um, it's simple, but it's not easy,
1: no, right. Tough.
0: So that's why I say it's, but it, it the the equation is simple, just like the equation to losing weight and get, you know, it's it's actually yeah. very simple. It's just not easy, right? No. And so again, we were hashtag, we were made for hard things. It's just, it is right. Like we were not put on this planet to, you know, choose your hard. It's all fucking hard. It's hard to be miserable, but it's, you know, so, so I'll get off my soapbox on that. So all these amazing improvements you made in the last three years. So my question to you is how on earth did you do a three-year growth season? How did you take three years between shows? Because- Aaron, I really want you to help people understand, one, the benefit of taking that long off. But also, how did you stay motivated? Because so many of the women I work with are in, and not just in, in the sport, right? The this, this sport lends itself to like, well, I got to get right back on stage. Let me compete over and over and over again. I don't want to take a year off. I don't want to take two years off. Three years off? That's fucking insane. How did you do it?
1: So, like I said earlier, you know, when I got off the stage, my my first thought was, "What are we gonna do to be better right now?" So the reverse was absolutely fabulous. I did exactly what I was supposed to do, slowly gain that weight back. and once I started getting the weight back on, then I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can lift heavier. This is great. Like I can actually squat with more than two plates on a side like, I was like totally on cloud nine with just strength. And I was like, I want to do more. Like I was hungry for getting my, you know, um, PRs and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. so excited when I hit a PR and, you know, looking at video, I take videos of myself. I never post anything because nobody cares about me squatting <laughs> on Instagram, but
0: but it's it's for you.
1: It's right? for me. Like, and that's I what yeah. Happened.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So, you know, looking back on 2021, Aaron squatting. Yeah. At that point I was doing really well, but then looking at what I'm doing now, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am, I'm doing a good job. Like, Mm -hmm. so as the weight started going back on and just to pause there, I was never scared of that. I know a lot of women after their show, and I talked to some at this past show about it and a lot of them are just, we we they're just scared. They're like, I'm going to just be fat or I'm going to gain weight and I'm not going to look good anymore. And I'm like, well, you're not supposed to look like this. This is not healthy. Um, but I was never scared of gaining weight. I was excited because I look like a skeleton. Like, that's not a good look when your face is so like... Just no fat. And you're you look just, like a
0: crackhead. You, you look do. like you've and, done a little too much heroin and and you're one foot in the grave. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't feel good. No, you doesn't. don't feel good. Like nobody that walks around stage lean all the time feels good unless they're on performance enhancing drugs. So I just and if you think you're walking around stage lean all the time and you you you, you proclaim to be feeling good, I'm calling it bullshit.
1: Yeah, same.
0: <laughs> just just stop. Yeah. Because you've just gotten used to feeling like shit. So this yeah. is your new normal, right? But got yes, thank you for yeah. saying that because yeah. and thank you for saying that your you got focused on strength because this is what I preach to clients all the time like yes, this is an aesthetic sport but but it is also a sport and if you're an athlete in this sport the only way to change your aesthetics aside from leaning out to the stage, the next part of changing your aesthetics is growing muscle. Yeah. The only way, let we, science science says the only way to grow muscle is to be in a calorie excess, right? We can do it yes. in a very small excess and take a little longer. We can do it in a large excess and put, you know, be able to grow. I'm not saying we have to get fat. Do yeah. you have to put on body fat? Absolutely you do. As a natural athlete, that is 100% the only way to do this. So yeah, you have to be, and then you focus on strength. We're not focusing on how we look anymore, but you also, your check-ins were like, I love how I look like the bigger you got and I'm using big in the best yeah. way, right? Like the more weight you put on, the more, the stronger you got, like your check-ins always made me so happy. I could think of like maybe two check-ins in three years where I was like, uh-oh, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, cause I was like, oh shit, Aaron's something <laughs> happened. I was like, cause this is him. One of them was like, I think I should get another coach. And I was like, what? <laughs> I will never forget that check-in. And then there was one other one where I think you were in just kind of like, I was like, what is happening? But yeah, yeah, you were so, you just, every check-in was like, I love how I look. I love how I feel. And you were just, you were getting bigger and eating like 3,000 calories a day. Oh, yeah.
1: Like 350 carbs, 400 carbs. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And sometimes I was like forcing, like, I was like, do I have to eat another like couple things of rice? (laughs) Like, oh my God. But Um, absolutely loved the reverse, and I loved the building season because, and I'm going away from the grain because a lot of people don't like that part of it. But again, my my the carrot in the you know hanging from the stick was if you're gonna do this, you're gonna put a hundred percent into it because you didn't in 2020. You're gonna do it the right way, and you're also going to just put on the muscle that you wanted in 2020 and like you said in order to do that you got to you got to eat you got to put up the the heavy weight and i was just so focused and i use that word and i'm going to shout out to chris map because when she does her word of the year i really resonated with that and i started doing it in the past 2 years and i think that too helped with the motivation too like So the word I had for this year was focus and my, my word was focus and everything I did, I was, I reverted back to that word. The one, the word I had previously was build. And that whole entire year, I was like, every decision I made, I'm like, is this, is this a building? Like, is this, you know, going back to that word that you chose, are you doing, eating this food? Is that going to contribute to you? feeling healthy and doing well now then maybe you should eat that you know so, so like, that
0: became your those words for you know it was your why right and yeah. then every choice which is why i always tell people like having that really strong why so whether it's your word of the year however that comes, you're right. It's basically, it's, it's built into, it's stems from your core values and this is who you are as a person. And then yep. every decision you make, it's filtered through that. Why it's yes. filtered through that. It yes. makes it so much easier, right? Like does that, it's like a yes or no, right? It's like, is this going to help me build? No, easy, done. Not yeah. doing it. Is this going to help? Am I, st- am I fo- is this going to help me focus? Is this part of my focus? No, done. Right. Decision fatigue out the door.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I I did the whole, I p- posted the word on I have a like a whiteboard in my on my uh refrigerator where I would track all my weights and all the things. And it was at the bottom of that. And I had another um thing by my sink and at work. And whenever I looked at it, I'm like, the decision I'm making right now, does that align with that word? And Um, I'm going to use alcohol as an example, like my friends, the ones that don't compete and don't do this, don't understand the process. So like, they think, oh, you're off the stage. Let's go out to eat. Let's drink. Let's do all the things. But since I didn't drink during prep now, I'm not a big drinker anyway. I never was. But, um, when I stopped drinking alcohol, that in itself was such a help because excess calories for no reason, I would rather eat than drink. Um, it doesn't make me feel good. And so when people were like, let's go out for happy hour, let's do this, I would go and I would maybe have a sip or two. And I was just like, wait, this is, is this helping me be a better person? No, I'm not. So I would go, but then I wouldn't drink. And I would just, I don't know, it just so many things kind of went into place. And then some of the friends that I was hanging out with, I was like, are they aligning with what i want mm-hmm. and friend and in a like are they supporting me no they're not they're they're making me chug you know a beer and then eat pizza or something or making me feel guilty if i don't do this so a lot of things started like just naturally progressing and um i thought of myself as an athlete again and uh, that word was on that whiteboard too you know you're an athlete and I never thought I would say that about myself, you know, coming, you know, in the, almost in my forties now, cause I was, I was an athlete, but I still am one. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, when you make a decision and you want to do something, you're like, okay, is this what an athlete would do? Would they just binge eat chips and, you know, candy and whatever, and have a glass of wine, and maybe three glasses of wine every night or whatever. And I, it just got ingrained in me. Like, no, I don't want that stuff. That's just negative, you know, excess stuff. That's not going to help me, not going to fuel me, not going to be the best person I can be. So I shed myself of a lot of those old norms and old things. And um, it's been so freeing and so like enlightening, just like how, different i was you know from mm-hmm. from when i started it's just it's great but definitely going back to your why is important so important um and you really have to love and trust yourself for that too because i know a lot of people just having a word that's not going to do a lot but you really have to believe it you have to believe it you have to see yourself in the future like what would my future self say about what I'm, what decision I'm doing right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, could I go out to eat? But then maybe a week later, I would want that 25 bucks to go shop for a new pair of jeans or like, will that meal make me feel good tomorrow morning? No, probably not. So why not you eat something a little healthier, you know, mm-hmm. so those kind of things um, definitely were a big help for me for sure.
0: Yeah. I think, it, yeah. And, and having the, the right why, not just having a why, but it has to be, and I'm going to do, I did a, um, I did a, a workshop with some, with another client and her husband on why, and I'm going to post that as another podcast, um, like in a couple of weeks, but you have to have, it has to really be in its part, of it has, it comes from your, who you are at your core, right? So it's not a why, That fits other people's around you standards, what the world says you're supposed to do and be or what your friends say you're supposed to do and be. And again, this comes down to mo- so many people don't know who they are,
1: yeah.
0: that because they don't take that time, because they don't sit in the suck of their shit, and so it just is. Let me just take on what everybody else says, and I'll do what everybody else does, and and then you know we end up in this really shitty place.
1: Yeah. But
0: so all of that is really important. But when you have a when you have a really strong intrinsic drive. Which is another word for your why, right? An intrinsic, not an extrinsic driver, an intrinsic driver. Everything is easy. Yeah. Or I'm sorry. Everything is simple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything, Nothing no. is easy. It's still really? nothing is easy, but everything is very, very simple. So simple. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining Aaron and I in the first half of our podcast. We ended up talking for so long about so many great things that I had to split it into two. So... Tune back in in another two weeks to listen to the second half of this really great conversation. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites. Bye.